what's up hey guys welcome back to oh lord here we go again (laughs) i'm shireen i'm nicole and and you know we still have a war going on in ukraine Mm -hmm. um racism still exists um sexism still exists and here we go again here we go again good news Mm mm-hmm I totally passed my martial arts combat test. Um, my round, body round hurt of applause for three days after. Um, because we it's called age. <laughs> You're such a jerk. It's true though. But uh, yeah, no, we we pushed through. Um, actually, was not feeling great that day. I was feeling mm-hmm. pretty weak, and yet, um, I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And when I watched the video back. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually didn't look too bad compared to everyone else taking the test. So me at my suckiest is them at their regular. That's what I just, (laughs) I mean, that's not an ego boost. I don't know what is (laughs) good for you. I mean, yeah, that's at least what my brain right now is accepting. Um, from that because I really just I just did not have the energy yeah. and I learned well, that I need through, to so. drink more protein if I'm going to exercise right. hard I need to yeah. drink or eat or just incorporate more protein mm-hmm. into my diet if I'm going to be exercising hard see this is what happens when you're not fit you don't know these little tricks well now you do <laughs> <laughs> okay okay mm-hmm. so now we're going into the main topic but before we say what it is mm-hmm. I want everybody to really put their thinking caps on okay, okay. and now you're showing up to a race for one million dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're racing against a group of people. You don't know them. You don't know how fast they run. Okay, you just know you need this one million dollars. Okay, I could really use a million dollars right now. When you get there, the referee walks up to you and says, "Hey, you get to start thirty feet ahead of everybody else around you." Okay. Now a few other people get to start thirty feet ahead with you. Okay, it's a race for a million dollars. Now, the question is, when you are going to start this race again, you don't know these people behind you, right? Are you going to give up your thirty foot advantage or say no, no, replace somebody else to come up here and I'm gonna start running from back there? Hell no! <laughs> That's exactly what most people would say. I right? am taking the thirty. As a matter of fact, can I get sixty? <laughs> all the advantage i don't run well i need all the advantages well that's essentially privilege right yeah okay so now anyone out there who's listening who Mm -hmm. just went heck no it's a million dollars i want my 30 foot advantage right you were just complicit in a privilege it wasn't your fault you Mm -hmm. didn't ask for it originally you Mm -hmm. showed up to run like everybody else and someone just said hey for nothing that you did you still get 30 feet ahead and so, um, if you could guess, this episode is going to be about privilege, but we're yeah. going to talk about white privilege and class privilege yep. and why they're not the same thing, yeah, even though there's definitely the result a difference. kind of ends up being similar. Exactly. Yeah. But people tend to be afraid of the word privilege when it comes to societal ramifications, because somehow they're just like, oh, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So just continue to remember if you start to get offended or if you want to listen to this with your friends or whoever, and they start to get offended, remember to go back to the idea of a race where all you want is the same million dollars like everyone else, but someone just gave you a head start. And no, most people are not going to say, let me give up my head start exactly. or to make it equal or let me put somebody else ahead of me. So that way I can be back here running harder. All of you are still running very hard. All of you are still trying, mm-hmm. but you got a head some, start. Yeah. Some just have to run faster. Yeah. And harder. So somebody could still yeah. beat you. They could be a runner right. and a track star and they could still beat you, but the chances are they won't. Uh, uh-huh. And so that I just wanted to say that out front because it's such a sensitive topic of and it's course. like so triggering to people and they hear privilege and they just want to shut down mm-hmm. and they want to be like, this is crap. Mm-hmm. This is not because no one wants to think they're that person who's taking advantage, especially when they know like they're running their hardest of and they're course. out of breath and everything else. But unfortunately you got that 30 foot head start. Yep. And so you still might win the race, but you have to understand you won it at a pl- out of a place that other people didn't get to start. Right. So now we're going to go into a little bit about what 
white privileges Mm -hmm. and what class privileges and i want to say by recognizing white privilege it doesn't automatically mean that you are racist it is not the same thing having white privilege and being racist are not synonymous totally so no one is saying if a person has white privilege somehow they're racist however white privilege just like class privilege are both born out of racism and systemic oppression it just is in order for you to be ahead in the race if you have white privilege or class privilege someone had to be held back in the race period point blank so it is also not suggesting that because a white person has white privilege that they somehow didn't struggle or they're somehow born with a a gold spoon or silver spoon whatever no no one is saying that um and it's not saying somebody who started with class privilege magically can never be poor or lose all their money right white privilege just needs to be viewed and class privilege needs to be viewed as some a built-in advantage that separates uh people of different levels we're going to define white privilege as having greater access to power or resources versus a person of color in the same situation and we're going to define class privilege as the tangible or intangible unearned advantages enjoyed by someone of a higher class and status. Yep. 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 So those are the two definitions that we're going with. So when we were talking about white privilege for the most part, we're going to talk about people in the same situation that your the white skin color gives them a boost when all things are said to be equal mm-hmm. class privilege. You just start higher in the yeah, race. It doesn't matter what race you are. When it comes yeah, to when it comes privilege. to class privilege, yeah. it doesn't matter what race you are. You got money, you gonna buy your right. Way out of it. Exactly. Now, they do overlap. Oh, totally. And hence, you have other issues because it is all systemic and right. it is all an issue. So you cannot separate these completely in your mind to be like, okay, I'm, you know, just because I'm a rich person of color, I am not going to experience anything having to do with white privilege no and just because you're poor doesn't mean that you won't have to experience anything having to do no that that, poor people experience all of their problems yeah yeah. (laughs) so uh, for example um something with class privilege when i think of class privilege in this situation it would be you attend a top tier private school which obviously gives you better access to tutors and counselors, which means you have a better chance going to a top tier college and university Mm -hmm. because those colleges and universities see the type of school that you went to and want you to Mm -hmm. attend. Mm -hmm. Um, So something like that would be class privilege because it doesn't matter what race you are, you're attending that school, Mm -hmm. that private school. However, when white privilege would come into that situation because those who attend that private school and are white are not getting questioned if they're there on scholarship. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not getting excluded from certain things because of your skin color. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, you know, when you go to those types of private schools, people tend to have nicer cars Mm -hmm. so you're getting dropped off at school or you're driving to school if you're a white person driving the range rover Mm -hmm. doesn't matter that's just like a standard yes but if you're the black father dropping their son or daughter off to school in that range rover oh your dad must be a basketball player oh he must be some kind of something in order to afford that car or even if you're the student driving that car Mm -hmm. is that really your car right steal that car what did your parents do to get that car can you prove to me right exactly that car is yours exactly and so there is something if when when a white person drives a nice car they never have to prove Mm -hmm. that they did something or that their parents have a job that allows them to afford it right it is seen as the norm the basic the acceptable baseline right a white person can drive an expensive car Mm -hmm. with no questions no questions when a person of color drives an expensive car they have to at some 
point, explain it. And yes. I have experienced that in my life. Yeah. And most people of color, if they haven't directly, they have a close family member exactly. who has experienced being questioned and having to prove as to why they can be in such a nice vehicle. Exactly. Whether it's by the police, whether it's by, you know, random people, um, like, oh, what do your parents do? Like, even if it seems as mm-hmm. an innocent question, uh, white children don't tend to ask why, like how their friend can afford the expensive car. If they're asking what their parents do is a general what do your parents do? Right. It's not triggered because of them having something lavish. Yeah. Also something interesting with this is my best friend. She is white and her mom, this was years ago. Her mom went to pick up her niece and their friends from a private school. They attend and she just drives like a normal average car. Um, I forget what it was in Toyota or Honda, something and the friends asked the niece, oh, is she the driver? So it's like, she's white, they're mm-hmm. white, but because they're going into this type of car, they're like, oh, is this the driver? Yeah, <laughs> so, why they have a normal person's yeah. car. It's like, what? You're white, why don't yeah. you have a better car? Exactly, so that, exactly. You know, class privilege. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's there. You know, looking down on people because of the car that yeah. they drive. Mind you, it means nothing because you can be rich and still want to drive Absolutely, Civic. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, stop trying to think, you know, you have to. Most of these rich people, I'm telling you right now, they, they, you're not going to be able to tell that they're rich. Half of them um, who truly have so much money. You yeah. just can't tell. Yeah, not all the time. I mean, yeah. you'll see it in certain little Little certain things, things but, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Um, another example of class privilege would be going to a restaurant, a really nice, fancy schmancy restaurant, um, or going to the mall and you can just, you can just, uh, pick up things or just whatever with the menu. You don't really think about the price of Mm -hmm. these items. Um, so, you know, for example, so when you're at the restaurant, you're ordering whatever and you don't think twice about it because you're like, oh, whatever, like a hundred dollar mashed potato, don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can afford it. But white privilege comes in with that because the white customer will tend to get treated better at that restaurant because the server already has made up in their mind that the black customer is not going to tip as well yes which is a known thing that a lot of servers will do they'll see that black people are sad their table they're not going to be tipped very well even though it's a very very nice high-end restaurant so people coming into this restaurant have to have some kind of money but they're still going to have it in their head Mm -hmm. to treat the white people better than the black people and it's not to say that it's like this super overt like mistreatment and so that's something that that um that a part of white privilege not even having not even having to think about it or relate to it which honestly um the idea of having so much focus placed on white as a skin color is very uncomfortable to people who are white because Mm -hmm. they are not used to it yeah and, and I minorities know, I, I, are used to yeah having we're not trying them not to being the default offend or do anything trying to explain it yeah because it's if just, you don't call it out you don't fix right. it so now the thing is it's not that they're walking up to you know like people of color and being like spitting in their food and going exactly what you want now no it is just that maybe the white patrons will get a few extra refills of water right or they'll get a few more smiles or even um you know sometimes if you want to order something the the uh server might say something like oh well you know like say you order something that says market price right and they might south say, african lobster south tail. african lobster <laughs> tail. they might say something like 
oh, you know, that's really expensive. Yeah, they might say, oh, just to let you know, this is however much per pound. Yeah. And it's like, okay. I didn't ask you for the price. Yeah. If, whereas if um, a white patron were to order something mm-hmm. that said market price, they would just be like, oh, that's lovely. I'll get that for you. Right. Not even saying so what So it's just is. these little things. Yeah. Like, you just won't know. Exactly. <laughs> but if you are not a person of color, you pr- you're you just not going to notice. Yeah. And it's the same server on the same night. Right. Everything. Like you, you would just be like, oh, well, that's not terrible. Why would that bother someone? Well, it bothers you as a person when you understand where it's coming from, where mm-hmm. you understand that it is because there is an underlying assumption that somehow you might not be able to afford this bill or somehow it's going to cost them less on their, I mean, cost them a bigger tip Mm -hmm. because somehow when actually there are studies that show that minorities tip the same, if not more compensating because of the problem. Right. And they tip better. But now when this, at the end of the night, the server isn't going to sit there and go, you were white, you were black, you were Asian, you were Hispanic. They're just going to continue to assume that their huge tips were from the white patrons. Exactly. Even if that's not true. And in my life, my personal experience, I've hung out with some of my white friends and they are horrible at tipping. I know. It's not expected of them for some reason. They don't get treated any different the next time they go. Where and with it's us, like, it's like, even if the service was kind of bad, we still make sure to tip because we don't want to be labeled as, yeah. oh. Or for the like, next person. Right. To ruin it for the next exactly. person. Exactly. Exactly. And that's terrible. Shouldn't it have is. to think of that. It, no, you shouldn't. Like, when, main example that is just always on my mind. Mm-hmm. Whenever a criminal, uh, a crime is happen like a mass shooting or something when the person is white they're a lone wolf yeah and that one person has mental issues or something Mm -hmm. like that whenever a crime is committed for example will smith's um slap oh he's made it look horrible for black people right no he made it look horrible for will smith yeah so why is it okay for black people to represent all black people but white people did it by themselves and that is called white privilege. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> also, for the example with the mall, um, this is something I've experienced also, um, where if you're going into one of the high-end luxury stores and you are a person of color, first of all, they don't really, not all stores, and I don't, but this does happen a majority of the time. You're not instantly greeted. Mm-hmm. You kind of just get looked at, like, what are you doing in here? And they'll follow you around and it's Mm -hmm. very uncomfortable. Whereas I could have more money than the person who is white that just came in, but they're immediately tended to offer the glass of champagne and, you know, getting shown all these special handbags that they may not even have in the front of the store. It's like, Oh, we have this exclusive, let me show you Mm -hmm. um, type of thing. But we're both, coming into the same store obviously it's a high-end store so we know how much things are gonna cost I wouldn't be in there for the most part I wouldn't be in there if I couldn't afford something so why not just treat us all the same yeah now class privilege would come in here where um if a person who is white comes in looking a bit disheveled so they look poor Mm -hmm. and then a person of color comes in and you know they look like they have money right then they're going to treat the person who looks like they have money better than the poor person regardless of color because money trumps all Mm -hmm. it's mainly if both people walk in kind of looking the same then the person who's white is going to get that better treatment totally um so yeah, well, I'm going to get back to I have an overall, like, mm-hmm. call to action. We'll get back to that at yeah. the end. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, and then one of my last examples of class and white privilege is when you live in a nicer neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So you live in this really nice neighborhood, which you then tend to meet people who are of the same caliber. Um, and you help one another 
kind of like make connections and mm-hmm. get these different it's opportunities. Who you know, not what you know. Exactly, exactly. Um, so it's harder for somebody who is lower class to get this same type of opportunity because mm-hmm. they don't have these connections like they would have if they were in this nicer neighborhood. It's like meeting my sugar mama or sugar daddy. Yeah. I don't have rich friends. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's class privilege. Um, But white privilege comes in that when you're living in that same neighborhood and you're able to walk around freely, no kind of care in the world, but a person of color, you're walking around and you may not think anything because you're, you know, you don't, you try not to think about these things, but sometimes it just is in the back of our head where you do worry a little if someone is going to come attack you or accuse you of trespassing or call and asking. the police on you. Right, exactly. How many videos have you seen um, in the last few years I know. of people walking up to black people or Hispanic people and asking them to give them their address to prove Mm -hmm. they live in the neighborhood, not police. We're not even talking about cops. We're talking about average citizens who are like, I've never seen you here. So you need to tell me your home address to prove you live in this neighborhood. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Hello. Or they just think you're the help that happened with me. Um, my sister lives in a nicer neighborhood and I was taking, this is when my niece was, younger I was taking her to the playground in the community and somebody was at the playground and she asked me um she asked me a question she was like oh okay she just assumed I was the nanny didn't even ask if I was the nanny she just assumed saying something about me being the nanny and I said oh no this is my niece I said my sister lives here she goes oh okay yeah, didn't apologize or anything. Yeah, and it was so problem. awkward. Definitely, and they don't think anything's wrong with it, right? And that's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that Excuse experience you. for you had so many layers mm-hmm. because, see, experiences like that, it's like it's not only class privilege, but also white privilege, right? For her to be able to assume that and then not have any regret. And not have yeah. any, you know, need to apologize. Right. Because Which I've had a few encounters like that. And it just, you come to the point where you realize like, wow, these people, this is just what I have to prepare myself for when I'm in these situations, just to be assumed that I'm the help. Exactly. And if you are a white person listening right now, if every time someone saw you in a you know, wealthy establishment and they assumed you were the help mm-hmm. or um, like a worker or something of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that would offend you. Of course. Possibly on the idea of, oh, well, be, do I look poor or something like that? Right. And but also then, makes you hesitant to go to these types of yeah. things. But then if it, if you then realize later, oh, it's because you're white and you're not supposed to be here, then how would that then make you feel? Mm-hmm. I know it's sometimes hard to put yourself in that situation, right? But hence why we are trying to uh, just uh, um, approach this with as gentle. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but also as real as possible. As real I mean, as possible it is possible and as gentle as possible. Right. I know how people love to, you know, shut down. Of course. Because I tried to have this conversation with a friend of mine mm-hmm. and she just freaked out at the idea that she has white privilege because right. she didn't grow up rich. And I was just like, okay, I, I can't have this conversation with you. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Right. It's one of the reasons, like, kind of delayed even having this because mm-hmm. trying to explain to people who have never, who are, who've lived their lives as the default mm-hmm. norm, trying to explain to them how everything else is like trying to explain to a man how things he does is sexist. He right. He doesn't understand it. He's like, oh, you're just complaining. You're a woman. You're sensitive. Like, not all men, of course, but most of them. You know, in the past, like at least my age and older, Mm -hmm. you know, younger men are a bit more open minded. Um, I think it's the thing just in general, though, like people don't like to be told about themselves. I think we all can relate. They want to think they're equal and they're fair and da da da. Right. No, like you just want to think nothing is wrong with you. And 
I we we get it. I mean, for me, for example, I hate when people try to tell me about me being spoiled or a brat or ungrateful or whatever. It's like I don't want to be. I don't want to hear it. I close my ears and I'm like la 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 la. Yeah. So I can understand if right now that's all you want to do, just like stop the podcast or just say you know what can't relate bye listening like, baby doses yeah <laughs> just just pause as many times as you need to and then you know play again but yeah. at the end of the day we all got to hear about ourselves listen for all of our like black hispanic and mm-hmm. asian, asian. And all of our you know people of color listening listeners right here, yeah blast it out your car as yeah. loud as you can <laughs> and just be like, listen, y'all, right. you have privilege. Get out of here yeah. with that mess. If you were uncomfortable, maybe to talk to a friend of yours. That, like, Let me just yeah, listen just, to this right Just kind of listen to this episode. Just send them the episode. Be like, oh, you know, whenever you have some free time. <laughs> so I'm going to share like even more relatable because, mm-hmm. you know, we love talking about not enjoying our jobs. But <laughs> um, we have. So, for example, mm-hmm anybody who knows you have a person who owns a company Mm -hmm. and somehow their child manages to magically get a high up position in that company regardless of how awesome they are or like dumb as hell they are yeah (laughs) that is class privilege Mm -hmm. now there is also though mediocre white man syndrome where a person might not be related to the boss or whatever it is, but every person of color knows that you have that one white guy in the office that no matter what, he's always getting a promotion. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you work overtime. It doesn't matter if you do his work for him. Uh-huh. Nothing matters because mediocre white man is just going to be like, yeah, boss, I'll get it done. Yep. And magically he will, that is white privilege. And male privilege, but we're going to focus course. on, you know, that part because it, it just exists in every workplace. It and does. that's the sad part that people of color who are listening to this is just like, you're just repeating my life. And yet there are so many, you know, rich people who will be like, no, it's because I worked really hard to get yeah. that. I went to school and everything. No, your daddy and mommy know the person who owns it, whose cousin's auntie recommended you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like, like what are your qualifications? <laughs> Listen, and it's it's something that like get out of the idea that somehow people are saying something's wrong with you of as course. a human being. You're not a bad person because no. you have these leg ups. Right. However, own the leg up yes. and know that you didn't start on the ground floor. Yeah. Okay. Like you, you know former president who loves to be like, I built a real estate empire with your daddy's $2 million loan, yeah. sir. If my mama had a $2 million loan you to You better me, believe. Listen. You better believe. I would not be asking y'all for sponsorships on this podcast <laughs> because I'd be rich already. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so it's like, yes, you have to take something mm-hmm. and make it better. Yeah. But when you already have the 30 feet, get out of here with the, I don't have a privilege kind of foolishness. Especially like, you know, I'm over here. I'm gay black woman. If I was trans would be the only way that my life could be harder. Yep. 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 And so I understand I'm starting behind on this race. Yeah. Guess what? You just keep coming behind. You you run the race. You know, I can't run fast (sighs) and you do what you have to do. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make that person ahead of me, um, you know, it doesn't make it hurt. I mean, it makes it hurt a little less when they turn around and say, I did start ahead mm-hmm. of you. It mm-hmm. makes it hurt a little less. Of course. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The final thing I kind of want to say about this um, is that when it comes to sports, I think things get a little tricky. Um, just because a lot of players do come from lower class neighborhoods. So they either go to the public schools and they are truly lucky. And also, yes, a lot of them do work very hard to get a scholarship into a college or university. Um, Or they may be on a scholarship at a private high school that is known for um, having a great football team and known for getting a lot of guys drafted into um the nfl um so 
when that happens, these specifically when they're at these private schools, they get looked at like the prized possession because a the school is looking at them like, oh, like, here we go. We're going to put our um, name out again because this person keeps winning championship after championship, even though they live in a very low class neighborhood or, you know, whatever it may be they get treated better because they are like the star athlete of the school. And it then trickles on to maybe one of the, sorry, but maybe one of the white girls at the school end up dating this college, this um, football player, which then puts him ahead. I feel like it just, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but it's like, he's just going to keep getting ahead and ahead and ahead And then sometimes I feel like once these athletes get to the NFL or NBA, whatever it is, they kind of forget where they came from. But then where would you put them? Okay, so here's what I'm going to. There are always loopholes to everything. Mm -hmm. You can't have a rule without an exception. Like it's it just there's a thing that there are no absolutes. Right. You know, other than in taxes and death. So true. <laughs> true, true, true. And staying black, staying black. or white, whatever. I always no, that say can, that that can I'm, change too. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, true. Michael Jackson. Yes, that is true. <laughs> There's so many. So anywho, there are always going to be exceptions. Mm-hmm. And that's like the hardest part about a lot of like things when you talk about these concepts, because people will say, well, look at that exception. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Now, these athletes, black athletes, football players, basketball players, genetic predisposition to mm-hmm. being better because before black athletes could participate when there was segregation these things were full of white athletes and it was class privilege all the way because they were on equal playing ground they just were all white people mm-hmm. who could run whatever and play basketball black athletes came in and they just dominated for whatever reason genetics just black athletes tend to be better not all better like a hundred percent but that is the the genetic pool makes it more equal with um white versus black because guess what everybody wants the best team now when you really think about class privilege in this scenario it looks to poor people that athletes are class privilege but guess what we don't have black owners of teams yeah they work for the whites class privilege the white person sitting next to you in this private school that you Mm -hmm. got the scholarship for will own you will pay your paycheck when you play for them so yes they want to be a football player great they want to be tom brady but they don't need it because daddy was rich and mommy was rich and they could own you if they couldn't play against you that's true so like yes when you compare to poorer mm-hmm. people or where they came from, it looks like they have this privilege and they're being moved up. Right. But they're the token per- people who allow and perpetuate it to con- like the um, differential to continue. Mm-hmm. And so when you actually look at each level, the white privilege will still exist right. in there. So when you look at the, for example, the football players, mm-hmm. the white players, for the most part, still are treated better than the black players. Yeah. The white coaches still treated better than the black coaches. I think right. There's how many, like two black head coaches, three black head coaches in the NFL. And then the class part of it is like, they're still looked at the scholarship kids. Like, yeah. yes, overall they might end up being better than their poor people counterparts, mm-hmm. but they're still looked at in the school as the scholarship kids. And the only people who really treat them better are the people who are gaining from them, such as the administration. Right. And so, it's not really better, you know, like the structure is there and it, it it divides within the group. So here's, here's the, the um, summary that I Mm -hmm. wanted to say when it comes down to um, white privilege and class privilege um, class, the rich actually use white privilege to divide because percentage of people who are in that wealthy category is way smaller than the percentage of us who are in the um, middle class and lower even upper middle class 
to high class. So I don't even know what it's called. Right. Whatever. That gap is so huge. Right. It's astronomically huge. And so if all people who were middle class and lower banded together, we would vote out. We would, you know, just demolish the aristocracy. Mm -hmm. Just absolutely. Mm -hmm. We would force higher wages. They wouldn't have this uh, workforce that is like fighting against each other for the high paying jobs and pushing each other down to stay poor and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so they utilize things such as white privilege and um, uh, gender inequalities to continue to have infighting within the poor because if we're busy fighting each other we cannot fight them and so you have the poor whites who are like how dare you tell me i'm privileged when i am broke and i struggle for everything right against the you know non-whites saying i don't have anything blah Mm -hmm. blah blah like yes your little bit of feeling better, your little 30 feet ahead in the race for the poor whites. Of course, they're not going to turn it down. Of course. Because they're struggling of just course. like everybody else. And you're, we're all fighting for that $1 million yep. while the person who is initiating the race and laughing, laughing at us exactly. has $100 million yep. going, run, rats, run. Yes, yes, and absolutely. So the real thing that we should all be fighting against is class privilege. Mm-hmm. Like, it is not okay. Capitalism in its purest sense is not okay. Like we need to have, you know, socialism in there to make sure that poor people get the help they need. And a, a lot of people are angry right now. How dare she say socialism? I was, I was going to say that was a triggering that thing. That is a trigger word, yeah. but they have, the rich have intentionally demonized the idea of socialist products in society in order to have poor people um angry yeah at the idea of getting help right they want things to stay how they currently they are. want the money to continue to flow mm-hmm. up and if nothing else in real life please remember that the um the covid uh loans that went out Um, The rich people took those loans. That That is a a socialist program. Yeah, that was a mess. That is an absolute socialist program. That was the government helping people. Yeah. Now they will look down and say poor people shouldn't take welfare, food stamps. Right. They shouldn't get these little $100 a month stipends. Right. But they took millions and billions of dollars in help. So it's a double standard that the people who scream the loudest and fight against these social programs are the poor. Mm -hmm. And it's a trick. It is a trick. And when you open your eyes and realize that you need to fight against the class system, you need to fight against the rich continuing to be exponentially more rich. Mm -hmm. And we need to like, forget the color lines. Like, yes, we need to talk about racism. So that way in all of our poorness, we don't fight each other. Right. So we need to talk about that. And we need to say, okay, listen, yes, we are all in line fighting against the rich boss, but then you touched my hair and that's a problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't pet me, you know? And like, why do you think that I should stand in the back of the line and right. you should be in the front of the yeah. line? Like things like that we have to talk about mm-hmm. so that we can all grasp arms and fight the rich people together. But it is not because somehow we, you know, are all going, well, yeah, you have white privilege and therefore, you know, bad, bad, bad. Like, don't let the rich people continue to trigger you and, you know, continue to make you like think that it's better for you to identify with them as white Mm -hmm. than it is for you to identify with your poor brethren. And they do the same thing, not just for whites. There is hence us talking about the, the, the paper bag thing. So like whenever, when the Asians and the blacks were all getting together because all the Asian hate and all the black hate mm-hmm. during the pandemic, what happened? Things like the Asian, um, anti-violence act came in. Yes. I know that was Democrats, but does that make it better? No, because there was still no anti-black anything. Because that's not how it works. That was to make the Asian community feel safe and to make black the other. 
and then it's the same thing that will happen with you know like hispanic whatever Mm -hmm. hispanic people and black people will start to band together and then something will come out to make oh well we shouldn't fight their cause because our cause is over here and this has been through history this is not only right now right and even because at one point irish when the irish came over here they were not American and they were treated like shit, even though they were white. Mm -hmm. But then they started being friends with the black peoples and they went, Oh shit. They're all poor together. All of a sudden they gave the Irish a leg up and they connected the whiteness of the other whites. And so then they shit on the black people. So like we all need to remember it's, it's more important to band together on the money versus the colors of our skins and our backgrounds and blah, blah, blah. Whiteness is fake. Like oh. whiteness is fake. That should be the title. Whiteness is fake. Like whiteness has no heritage. <laughs> there's Irish, there's Scottish, right. there's British. Whiteness has no heritage. That just makes me think of when it's like, oh, what are you? Oh, I'm 18% Scottish and 20. I'm like, you're white. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which is, but it's, it's, it's not real. Like we need to separate from that, which is why some, I think young people have been trying to separate and doing the whole, I'm Scottish, British, oh, right, right. whatever ish, because it's like whiteness isn't real. Mm-hmm. It's a fiction, but that's how the rich can stay rich. I literally remember, um, in the, the, the presidential election before this, where, um, Mike Pence, got some kind of uh the the freaking a the tax thing Mm, so so trump did the tax whatever act thing they did where they got rich people more money and poor people got like a little 50 dollars. okay and mike pence actually quoted a woman who said he's so proud of the tax reform that they did because she saved fifty dollars that year, and she oh, was able to go get yes. her Costco. Yes, um, I remember this membership. That was so out of touch. So out of touch. Yeah. But guess what? They bonded together on that right. whiteness. Yeah, totally. Despite the fact that he probably saved thousands, if uh-huh. not millions, of dollars, uh-huh. and she saved fifty bucks. Yeah, she counted it fifty dollars. <laughs> but they got together on that whiteness, and that is literally everything that is done with the rich they will do that to you all the time and they'll be like look at us we're the same Mm -hmm. like trump constantly did that we're the same yeah we're the working class man and me are the same he had gold toilets how many of you just decided you don't like gold toilets anymore you throw them out in the back (laughs) he had gold toilets and like gold plated murals of himself that is not the average man no and when you start off with a $2 million uh, loan from your parents, it's not the average man. But guess what? Y'all all had that whiteness. And so just remember that. Like, we need to band together on our paychecks, not on our skin color. <laughs> if you take nothing else away. <laughs> and that's on what? Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> that is great. And on that, talking about Mary, we're going to go to the Bible Breakdown. (laughs) Y'all, so we're back again. And this is all going to be about class privilege. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So first we have Rachel. Okay. Now, I know I'm sorry. It's been a while for Bible Breakdown. But just to remind you, so there's Jacob. And he has two wives. He has uh, Leah and Rachel. Now he's there because he ran away because his brother was going to kill him for stealing his daddy's wealth. Okay. And he wanted to marry Rachel, but she was a second child. So her daddy tricked him into marrying Leah. I mean, yeah, marrying Leah and then marrying Rachel. Now Leah has four kids for this dude. So Rachel's in her feelings because she can't give him babies. Mm -hmm. So then she says, I'm going to give you my servant and you can have sex with her and I'm going to have their babies. Now, doesn't this remind you of his granddaddy? Well, Handmaid's Tale, absolutely. (laughs) But his granddaddy did the same thing. Sarah and Abraham did the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then God ended up giving them a kid. Like, do they not talk about family history? But anyways, so Rachel messed around (laughs) and gave him the maid. And he had two sons from her and Rachel had the nerve to be like, 
I have struggled so hard against my sister and now I'm winning because her maid had two children. This girl, the nerve. That's how it is. The nerve. (laughs) (laughs) So then Leah, now last time we talked, she had four sons, but Jacob already did not love her as much. So now her sister in quotes, gave birth had two sons like mm-hmm. gave birth to two sons so leah says i'm gonna go ahead and give you my maid yep so you can have more yep. children class privilege at its finest i wonder if the maid said no what would it didn't matter yeah get raped handmaid's tale true 100 yeah true so now jacob messed around and had two more kids mm-hmm. from this other maid so if we have count he now has eight children three baby mamas okay so then, um, Rachel messed around and was like, in her feelings or whatever, obviously, Leah's in her feelings. She's like, finally, my husband's going to pay attention mm-hmm. to me because I finally gave him, you know, more kids. And I'm sitting here just cringing because none of these extra kids are either of you two. But okay, fine. Moving forward. So Leah's eldest son, Ruben came with some mandrakes from the field. Now I'm aware of mandrake root, which is like potentially poisonous. Right, right, right. In our research we found like mandrakes could also be a fruit. Yeah, fruit could produce fruit. So I guess it depends on what context. Yeah. And we're gonna go with right now, we're gonna think positive and we're Mm -hmm. gonna think fruit. Okay. Because if it's mandrake root Root. then that means some poisoning will happen. Right, exactly. But I don't know, because the Bible just full of drama. You never know where it's going to go. I'm going to go with the, the roots, we're gonna but okay. <laughs> it didn't say root. It just yeah. said mandrakes. So we're going to say fruit right now. Yeah. But then um, Rachel was like, hey, sis, I noticed that Ruben brought some, you know, mandrakes. Can I have some? And Leah was real in her feelings. And she goes, first you stole my husband. Now you want to steal my son's fruit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a bit harsh off of some fruit. Rachel looked at her and said, if you let me have some mandrakes, I'll let Jacob sleep in your bed tonight. Literally, she bargained away her husband for some mandrakes. So Leah was like, bet. (laughs) So then Leah ran out to Jacob and was like, hey, you're sleeping in my room tonight because I paid for you. Literally, the Bible says I paid for you. I paid for you with the mandrakes that Reuben found. And so he slept in her bed. And when he did that, who wants to guess that more children popped out? I do. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> he's some, just a fertile dude when oh it my when it's a fertile man. So he slept in a bed. I mean, he slept with her, mm-hmm. and not all at once, but three more children end up popping out. So I'm guessing he went to her bed more than one night because she had another son. Then it says, you know, she was super happy. Then she had another son. And she was super happy. And then she had a daughter. Mm-hmm. So he must have been real mad at Rachel. Because can you imagine you're married to someone? It's already a horrible situation because your daddy got tricky. And then you found out you got sold to the sister for some fruit. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you not cherish me? You got sold for some fruit. Which is why or I'm believing it's the root. Possibly poison. <laughs> Either way, you sold me for poison. I mean... Either way, there's some danger going on. So she had more kids and Rachel was in her feelings. He finally went back to her and got her prego and she got pregnant and her son's Joseph. Now I would name all these other children, but so far none of these names really stood out to me. Right. So if in the future they stand out, I will give you the parentage. Right. Right. Joseph is the only one that has stand out. Um, as like a name that's coming up in the future, super blessed kid, all this kind of fun Mm -hmm. stuff. So if it's not the St. Joseph, I will let you know also because these names sometimes I'm like it's too back. much. Just don't listen. There were so many names. Shereen, Shereen was like, there's a lot of naming happening yeah, in this chapter. I, I it was great. So um, now, so daddy Jacob is like, okay, there's too much drama. I have way too many kids. I'm still working for your daddy. Mm-hmm. I need to go back home. It's probably safe for me to go home. My brother might not be trying to kill me anymore. Let me see. Um, so he goes like, hey, father-in-law, all right, I've earned my family and I've worked here long enough. So like, can I peace out and go home? 
And Laban's like, no, listen, I've been so blessed since you've been here. Like, how much money can I give you to stay? Like, what can I do to make you comfortable so you can stay? And Jacob was just like, listen, okay, here's what I want. I don't want your money. I literally just want all your spotted and freckled um, goats and your black sheep, which usually in the past anyways, you know, black sheep are seen as a bad thing. Yeah. And the same thing with like spotted goats and like freckled goats, like blemishes. Mm -hmm. They're seen as blemishes Mm -hmm. in the animal kingdom. So nobody really wants those types of animals. Like nowadays we know it's genetics and blah, blah, blah. Right. But back then they didn't know. So Laban goes, bet, got you. You can have all those spotted ones. And Jacob's like, sweet. Okay, I can start my own farm. Laban goes ahead and plucks all of those spotted, speckled, and black animals and tells his sons, go hide them at least three days walk away. So now Jacob goes the next day like, yeah, I'm about to get my farm going. Whoa. Mm-mm. There ain't no more animals that I could take. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then what Jacob does, because now he's still the tricky little person who robbed his brother of his royalty. He knows, now mind you, this is not science. This is the Bible. That if you put a peeled bark in front of the drinking water of the animals, they will give birth to spotted animals even if they not spotted it don't have to make sense it's the bible we'll just say god bless the animals and the stuff i don't know how this works Mm -hmm. i'm not a farmer (laughs) but that is the science of the bible so jacob knew that if he put the peeled um like bark twigs in front of the drinking water when the animals made it in front of that Mm -hmm. bark they would give off the thing so what he did is wait until all of the strong animals were about to mate and put the drink, the the peeled bark by the drinking water. So those animals gave off all of the speckled and spotted offspring. And then when the weak animals were going to mate, he took away the bark. So they gave off all the solid colors. So then over time, he just kept collecting all of the strong spotted ones. And Laban, who's a little tricky son of a gun, mm-hmm. ended up getting a whole bunch of weak animals. And so... I'm just sitting here like, when these people going to learn, stop effing with each other. If he was just honest in the beginning, he probably could have given that man like three sheep that, and then kept his strong animals. And because he was tricky, he messed around and lost all his strong animals. That wouldn't keep things interesting. It wouldn't. (laughs) And the Bible saga continues. Mm -hmm. Cause um, I'm sure he's going to realize what happened and not be too happy. Of course. Because when is the Bible ever easy? So until <laughs> next time, yes. Please make sure you follow us on all the socials at Olad Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead and like and subscribe. Send the episode to your friends. Yes, and comment on the socials. I'm gonna be more intentional mm-hmm. about posting so you guys have something to comment on. I apologize. Yes. I dropped the ball on that. Well, one. that's okay. <laughs> I mean. Instagram sucks right now. So it does the algorithms. <laughs> it's uh, terrible, but so it whatever. Just, you know. <laughs> Anywho, but yeah, like, follow, subscribe. Yeah. Don't forget to rate us. Rate. Yes. Five stars. Bye. Bye guys. <laughs>